When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Happy Wednesday, Second Print Fanatics, and welcome back to the Second Print Comics Podcast. This week, we're presenting to you the second part, part two, of the SBC Comics Draft Reveal. If you missed part one, go back and check it out last week. Of course, you could have seen the whole thing live. You can get the whole episode all at once. If only you were a member of the Second Print Comics Club, which you can find over on Patreon at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. Check that out. Support the show. Get all sorts of bonus content. My friends, enjoy the remainder of the Second Print Comics draft reveal. We've been up for an hour, Mark. You know what that means. It's time for some more Fox and Sons. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is time for some more Fox and Sons because when we do a more than one hour show, see, this I is continuity. Good. While you pee, I'm going to tell people once again that if you've stuck with us this far into the show, then you should surely be supporting our sponsors at Fox and Sons. Even if you don't like coffee, even if you don't care about coffee, even if you're allergic to coffee, just buy some for a friend. Head over to foxandsons.com. Check out the Tanzanian pea berries, the Brazilian honey preps, the Den Blend Dark. I'm a fan of that. Second print pod, that discount code gets you 15% off your order. My God, that's right. Every hour. If we go into a third hour, we're doing it again, but we're not going to. We're going we're gonna to wrap this in less than an hour. Um... While Remzo does whatever he's got to do, Jeffrey, I'm going to let you decide. Would you like to go last and wait and let me reveal my team, or would you like to go now? I leave it up to you. Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and go now. What the heck? All right, save me. I'm not going to say save the best for last. I'm just going to say save me for last. So should we wait for Remzo? <laughs> you know, well, well, Remzo's not here. Well, I don't know. I don't want his ego to get too big, but his is pretty creative. With with everything he got, I, I know said, we said that before, but pretty darn creative good. For considering the the hand the self imposed handicaps, I think it was it was pretty great. All right, there he is. All right, we're gonna we've decided Jeffrey will go next. So, what do you say, Jeffrey? All right. Fire All right. So the name of my uh, comic company is Dark Streets Comics, and it's got a bit of a uh, it's got two uh, different time frames. You got comics set during the Golden Age, and you have comics set during the Modern Age. So my first title is titled simply The Golden Age. Writer Brian Michael Bendis, artist Chris Batchelow. Characters include Superman, Dr. Fate, Hawkman, Hawkgirl, the Spectre, the Shade. And it's sort of a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, where, you know, you shift between characters. What, what the hell do they call that? But, uh, Perspective yeah. change. 
Well, Irving no, it's yet? like, like Irving in other yet? words, like one one issue might be focused on Superman, one might focus on Doctor Fate, one might focus on multiple of them together. Oh, vignette but, series, uh, kind of like yeah, Astro yeah. City stuff, yeah, yeah, basically. And it's just it focuses on their adventures during the uh, golden age of comics, from you know 1940 to about you know 1955, and uh, you know villains include a you know various mad scientists giant robots, drug smugglers, mobsters, so on and so forth. Uh, my second series, also set during the Golden Age, is The Sandman. Writer Jeff Smith. Art, this is artist, Wesley Dodd Sandman then, huh? Yes, Wesley Dodd Sandman. Uh, writer Jeff Smith, artist Art Spiegelman. And uh, so what I did, basically, I sort of did like the, uh, like a, like the first storyline. So in this one, first storyline would be that, you know, Wesley Dodds is investigating a series of uh, burglaries, but the uh, the suspect leaves no trace behind and doesn't unlock the doors, doesn't lock the doors or anything. So he starts to wonder if he might be up against another Sandman, Flint Marco. So ah. Sand, Sandman v. Sandman. Next title also... Golden Age is titled The Spirit. Writer, Art Spiegelman, artist Jeff Smith. So I flipped them around. And characters, you know, obviously the spirit. But uh, I've sort of, I've decided to make Harvey Dent sort of the uh, overarching bad during the Golden Age period. That, you know, he starts out as sort of a moderately corrupt DA. And as time goes by, he compromises more and more until eventually his true nature reveals itself. And so that's what the initial storyline of the spirit will focus on, but he'll pop up. He's kind of got that golden age feel to him. Yeah. And he'll pop up in the other two titles as well. And then, uh, so my next title is a shifting timeline. It starts, you know, in the 60s and moves its way through time. And that is called Clark Kent Superman. Writer is Grant Morrison. Artist is Todd McFarlane. Uh, Characters include Superman, Magneto, Emma Frost, Norman Osborn. So the initial storyline I had in mind would be set in the 60s. And it would bring Superman in conflict with the master of magnetism, Magneto. And it would show what happens when a person who has absolute faith in humanity comes up against somebody who has absolutely none. I dig and, that. Yeah. Can Magneto yeah. control kryptonite? Is kryptonite a metal? Uh, I don't or know. Am I giving you an idea? I have no idea, but I mean, he can control What if he metal. had a kryptonite version of his helmet? I'm trying to, I'm, I don't know why I'm helping you, but I'm just, I uh, think it's a cool idea. I like it. And the second storyline of that would be set in the seventies and would involve a, uh, Journalist Clark Kent going to uh, being assigned to cover the gala opening of the of the new Hellfire Club in Metropolis, which is being opened by a person named Emma Frost, who little does he know has the ability to read minds. So, what happens when somebody discovers that Clark Kent is Superman and decides to blackmail him with that information, and then? third storyline would move up, move it up into the eighties. 
and would involve Norman Osborn, who, in this case, he's sort of my stand-in for Lex Luthor, except he's more like uh, Syndrome from The Incredibles, where he's grown up, you know, with Superman as this hero. And he, you know, started out, you know, he loved him, but his love has turned to hate and bitterness over time. And so he wants to basically bring down the God, you know? So anyway, that's uh, the start of that series. And then at this point, we move up into the modern age. So first series is uh, The Punisher. Writer Matt Wagner, artist Sam Keith. Characters include Punisher, Peacemaker, Grindel, Deadshot. Uh, First storyline, the Punisher, you know, he's he's been around for a little while, you know, and he's, you know, been carrying out his message to his uh, mission to punish evildoers. And there's another guy who's been out there punishing evildoers. And he's, you know, he's, they've been, you know, circling each other for a while. But then when this person's mission destroys a uh, school bus full of children, the Punisher decides that's a step too far, and the man called Peacemaker must be punished. And mind you, this Peacemaker, this is a Nazi ghost helmet Peacemaker, not James Gunn Peacemaker. This is full-on bizarre 80s Peacemaker. <laughs> and uh, in the modern age, Grendel, you know, he's basically the guy in charge of all the, you know, he's the kingpin of crime in my in my world. So he'll be popping up in several different series, such as, uh, I'm missing a page. Oh no. Where is it? And you want oh, to trust in their company. Uh, yeah. Uh, Daredevil, writer Mike Mignola, art, artist John Romita Jr. Characters include Daredevil, The Shredder, Lady Deathstrike, and Grindel. Uh, first storyline would involve, uh, the Daredevil investigating a uh, new uh, criminal group in the city called the Foot Clan. Oh, I like it. And, <laughs> I mean, and brings it's, him, it's natural. And brings him in conflict with the Shredder, as well as his uh, lover, Lady Deathstrike. So, and then, of course, future storylines will involve him tangling with How's that couple going to ha- handle the bad? They find a way. Slicing each other up. They find a way. Yeah, life finds a way. But uh, so next one is Hawkman and Hawk Girl. Now, if you recall, they were around in the Golden Age, and of course, they uh, they age like normal people, but they reincarnate. So this uh, this storyline it's written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Jason Latour. Uh, characters include Hawkman, Hawk Girl, and Hunter's Moon. Uh, first storyline: No sooner are they are Hawkman and Hawkgirl reunited in a new life than being claiming to be the fist of Khonshu shows up to uh, take them out for unspecified crimes. Oh, you got to watch out and for a copyright a, claim from Eric over, over Khonshu. Might be a hey, in Moon Knight. Yeah, but Hunter's Moon is the other fist of Khonshu. That's okay. true. Do you have freaking Dost too? What's that? Do you have freaking Dost too? Dost? Uh, yes, I do. I, I, now he's got Screak and Crossed. Screak and Crossed, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I have freaking All new, all different, uncanny, astonishing. B- Bishop Ice. Bishop Ice is my guy. 
let's see. And so my next, my well, next we uh, we're story. at the halfway point. So let's do oh, our, uh, okay. let's do our picks. What are you guys picking up? Other than I do love the idea of Daredevil mixing it up with Shredder. That's obviously a natural combination in so many ways, especially considering the turtles were inspired by Daredevil. Um, but as a, uh, as a uh, Superman fan, I'm really digging the idea of the Superman Norman Osborn, especially how you laid out uh, the idea of Osborn sort of uh, looking up to him and, and sort of developing a hatred for him over time as he grew Oscorp. I love that. That's probably the one that I'm going to pick up the most, especially I do love that one as it goes sort of through the ages, um, which is a lot of what Alan Moore did with uh, some of his Supreme stuff. So I think that would be probably my number one pick out of that group. What do you guys think? Mine too, because it reminded me of Spider-Man Fantastic Four life story. I, I like seeing that type of thing. And you're the only one so far to come up with this idea of uh, multiple storylines across different eras. So, I mean, I think, uh, you know, doing that with Superman, when you named your villains, I was like, well, I don't know how that's going to work. But how you tied up the the relationship and the motivations, I think that tied that up really well. That Superman series is probably my favorite. Okay. Yeah, I really, I really like the. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change a little bit. I really like the Sandman book. Um, I thought that sounded really cool. Um, you know, just taking Sandman back to the golden age. It's pretty, be pretty damn cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So going forward, just let me explain something to you about the timeline. So my characters. So Superman ages slowly. Hawkman and Hawkgirl reincarnate. Uh, Dr. Fate is a freaking sorcerer, you know, uh, the spirit or, well, the spirit ages slowly too. uh, the specter is the left hand of God. So as far as I'm concerned, they're all valid to appear. Yeah, it's kind of like the golden age society and the modern age. a lot of them. They all have the reasons that they could be alive or not be aging as, as much or what have you. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So next up we have the question writer, Sam Keith, artist, Mike Mignola characters include the question and the Joker. So obviously, first storyline there. Reporter Vic Sage has uh, is investigating a series of uh, serial killings through the through the city, where the uh, victims are found with a uh, rictus on their face. And what happens next? It's the Joker. Everybody likes the Joker. Uh, then let's see. We've got uh, the one you're all waiting for, Dark Hawk, of course. Nice. Writer Brian Michael Bendis, artist Joe. Wait a minute. Do you use Bendis three times? This is the third oh, no, time. You can do that, right? That's right. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, artist, artist wife, writers three times. Yeah. Yeah. Artist is Joe Madrera. However the hell you pronounce that. Anyway, characters include Dark Hawk and the Juggernaut. Uh, oh, love first, that. love that combo. Yeah. First storyline, you know, Dark Hawk finds an amulet, turns him into Dark Hawk. Fortunately, somebody else just found a magic thing. So, boom, Dark Hawk fighting Juggernaut right out of the gate. Uh, Love it. Then we, have, then we have the Shade. Oh, yeah, the Shade is also another Golden Age character, but he's literally, he's immortal. Uh, r- writer is Todd McFarlane, artist Chris Batchelow. Writer Todd McFarlane, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Characters include the Shade, Mister Sinister, and the Leader, and it's basically these guys want to find out the secret of his immortality, and he doesn't want to give it to them. So there you go. That's that one. Then we've got 
Dr. Fate. Writer Grant Morrison, artist John Romita Jr. Characters include Dr. Fate, Dormammu, and Cassandra Nova. So the plot of this is when we get to the miniseries, well, ever since a certain event occurred, Dr. Fate has noticed that the world has become a darker place. And so he sets out to find to uncover the source of this, in this darkness that's spreading through the world. And it takes him beyond our realm. So there you go. Dig it. Uh, was that all 12? Did I miss one somewhere? I think you're missing one. Yeah, I think you got a, one more. Yeah. What was the last one? I did Dr. Fate. I did Sandman, Daredevil, The Question, Spectre, Dr. Spirit. Fate, I think, was the 10th. What was after that? No, that was 11. So maybe I missed one somewhere. Darkhawk Shade. I'll take your word for it. Am I missing one? I had the joke. Yeah, you're missing Dark one. Dark Shade, Dr. Fate. Which one? Oh, the Spectre. Okay. The Spectre. Writer uh, Kurt Busiek, artist Ashley Wood. Characters include the Spectre, Angela, and Dormammu. And so, you know, for years, you know, the left hand of God has meted out vengeance. But uh, he's tasked with his greatest threat ever because he has to try and prevent a rogue angel from starting a second war in heaven. And that would, of course, be Angela. And it's just possible that Dormammu might be pulling the strings. So that is the last of my regular series. So the mini series, the first one is called The Incursion. Writer is Kurt Busiek. Artist is Jason Latour. The synopsis is set, it's set in 1980 when the sky cracks open and demons begin appearing. The Golden Age heroes must find it within themselves to stop the incursion before it's too late. Now, of course, the incursion is being caused by Dormammu attempting to enter our, our reality. And, of course, this is at the point at which the aging Hawkman and Hawkgirl sacrifice themselves to save the world. Then we've got The Seed. Six issues. Writer is Emily Carroll. Artist is Emily Carroll. It says, in the early 80s, a young girl named Cassandra Nova begins discovering her latent powers as well as a friend that only she can hear. A friend that whispers to her about the secrets that lie behind the veil of reality. All right. I'll give you one guess who that might be. Uh, third. I'm stumped. It's, it's Dormammu. Oh, it's Dormammu. Okay. Yeah. Uh, third I'm, is. I'm slow. Uh, third is called uh, Axis of Evil. It's set during modern times. Uh, writer K- Kurt Busiek, artist Joe Madrunner. Says uh, an underground war breaks out between Norman Osborn, Mister Sinister, and the leader over the ultimate prize: Superman's hair follicle. So, there you go. And then my last is uh, is, is George Bush in that one? Listen <laughs> here, Norman Osborn. Uh, and then the last one negotiate sim- with super terrorists. And the last one is simply called Grindel v. Shredder. Writer Matt Wagner, artist Alex Ross, says when Hunter Rose's criminal empire begins being attacked by a mysterious band of ninjas, there will be hell to pay. A fully painted book of this? Yes. Hey, I saved Alex Ross for a reason. Then the big crossover event is called Hearts of Darkness. Writer Grant Morrison, artist Alex Ross. 
Years after his initial defeat, Dormammu succeeded in fully tearing open the veil between his plane and ours. While the Golden Age heroes embark on a desperate mission, you know, in other words, you know, Golden Age heroes, I mean, you know, the heavy hitters. Yeah. While the Golden Age heroes embark on a desperate mission to the heart of his realm on Earth, his vessel, Cassandra Nova, has created an ever-growing wave of madness that threatens to leave nothing for them to return to. So another group must try to find a way to eliminate her. And that will be all of the street-level characters. So... You got two Heart of Darkness journeys. Dig it. Dig it. All right, gang, what are we thinking? I, I cannot, obviously, I'm never going to be able to resist Alex, Alex Ross, but that I, I'm, one stole I'm picturing some full-page spreads of Grendel and Shredder just tearing into each other, and no way, I'm, I'm not picking that up. And you know I got to pick up Darkhawk versus the fucking Juggernaut. That's just <laughs> badass. I like your Jeffrey. I think there's a lot of fun stuff in here. I mean, that's, that seems to be, which comic should be, whereas Remzo had a very dark world. Yours is pretty damn fun. <laughs> So I like, I like your style. What do you guys think? I, I think separating things out based off, um, you know, a, a single timeline and then having your stories break out. Everything, everything seems very, uh, very uniform. And I think, uh, a little less confusing than two universes off the bat, huh? People <laughs> like that shit. Mr. I bought all of Jonathan Hickman. And by all of them, I just, just, just so, going to do some writing for me and make some blueprints. Yeah. I think that, uh, Shredder V Grendel or Grendel V Shredder, that one is like, oh, I want to see the blood. How long is it going to take him to paint a uh, paint that whole series? <laughs> I hope he started now. That that'd be great. That'd be great visuals. Um, Eric, what about you? What are you picking up out of this? Yeah, I, I, I love that the Grendel versus Shredder. I love that book. That sounds really fun. Um, really like the the story of the Doctor Fate book, um, and then obviously Daredevil and Shredder. I mean, those were kind of like key books for me. Those sound really good. And then, and then the first one that you you kind of you kind of glossed over, Mark, was it sounded like Superman was was going after some drug dealers in that first book. Well, you know how I we feel all we all know how you feel about that. I know how I feel about that. <laughs> Mark has very strong opinions yeah, that have followed us for have, four years on that. I might be more pro Superman than I was a few years ago. My opinions have evolved a little bit. <laughs> Old Mark is like Wait, I mean, fighting new Mark, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, you know, he should have like, done that. He should have set them on be. fire. Maybe they shouldn't be selling drugs in the neighborhood. <laughs> like Mark with the kids, like, hmm. Maybe he had to make a burn point. Their, their house down. Yeah, Sometimes you need tough love. The same, the same, you know, on the, the flip of the coin, the, on the other side of the coin, though, you got the property value. So, All yeah, right, well, man, can't be going around doing that. Hopefully we have saved the best for last. I will now get into my reveal of my company known as How much First- were you having to reshuffle listening to all of us? Not at all. Not at all. all right. My company is known as. I saw an awful lot of typing. My, my, I was keeping track of your, everyone else's teams. I wasn't readjusting sure. my team. That's what, yeah. Uh, okay, Mark. Whatever sure. you want. My company is called First Print Comics. Everybody, First Print <laughs> Comics. It's the first place you go. We're not going to wait for a no second print shit. You're going to get the first run and a gimmick of my company. I just made this up. There are, there are no second prints. It's first, we're, we're scarcity from the beginning. Whatever the first print is, you better fucking go get those books. Maybe they'll be worth nothing. Maybe they're going to be worth a lot. You better, and this better is go get them now. NFTs. There's no, there's no second printings. Everything's going to be blockchain verified that it's an original part of the original print. And uh, copywriters will be prosecuted heavily. That being said, let's dive in. Uh, the first book, Shadow of the Bat, starring Batman. Got to have a, a flagship Batman title. And I've got my man, Jeff Johns, writing Batman. I don't think he's ever written. I know he hasn't ever written a, 
a full-time series, uh, a full-time Batman. I've always loved him when he has written Batman. I love three jokers. Um, I, I, I have enjoyed the few times that he has, um, written Batman and various other books. So I'm sticking Jeff Johns on Batman and I'm sticking him with Armonico. It's a pretty, uh, straightforward, you know, the, the, the Batman's origin is pretty much what we know it to be. Uh, it features Batman doing Batman things along with his usual supporting cast. So I have, I have the whole family here. I've got Alfred Pennyworth. I've got uh, Catwoman. He has his on again, off again relationship with Catwoman, Damian Wayne, Bane, Riddler as villains. Uh, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're, we're giving you some fucking Batman straight up uh, off the bat. The one little twist here is that his, his chief rival in this, in this world is actually fellow industrious, uh, industrialist Lex Luthor, who often operates in Gotham City through intermediaries that sort of work for him, like a Bane and the Riddler. Uh, so that becomes part of the thread that Batman pulls on as he uh, as he fights his his normal rogues gallery. He tur- tur- he starts to find that some of this is coming through Lex Luthor, and they're also public rivals as well. Uh, we then move on. So how just yeah, a, just a quick question? Sure. How hard how hard was it for you to not put Tom King on this book? It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that hard. And I will remind everyone: Tom King is on my on my squad and he will have a role, not the biggest right. role, but he will have a role. <laughs> He's right. like, he answers the letter. He writes the letter to tell him, can we do that? Is he Does writing your kite man book? Maybe. Oh, if only I had Hell to yeah. kite man, if only I was smart enough to use my third brand pick on kite man. Uh, next one. We are again, not reinventing the wheel too much here. I'm going to go back to an old favorite. I'm going to go back to one of my favorite runs of all time. And we're going to run it back. Cause if anyone can run it back, it's Alan Moore coming out of retirement to work for first print comics and to write Again, not reinventing the wheel. The Saga of the Swamp Thing by Alan Moore with art, with art by Daniel Warren Johnson, because that just sounds cool to me. So it's a DWJ uh, drawing, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Alan Moore is back for one final run. Alan Moore reinvented this character uh, of Swamp Thing, not Alec Holland uh, Swamp Thing. Uh, This time complimented by art from Daniel Warren Johnson. And he has an interesting new love interest. Move over, Agatha, uh, Abby uh, Arcane. uh, now this not not Alec Holland has a new love interest. It is the also somewhat white haired Rogue who's a part of the series. And Rogue can actually because she can sap take powers. Rogue can actually like touch Swamp Thing and enter the green her, herself and uh, do all sorts of weird things and have weird green uh, psychedelic sex as as has happened in a recent Swamp Thing issue that I read. I'm sold. It's a fun one. Yeah, there's this issue where Alan Moore. I, I probably won't do a whole. Po- podcast on it one day that writes swamp thing. And it's, it's where like Abby and, and swamp thing reveal their love to each other. So they like, they can't have sex. He's like, but we can do something better. And he's like, you can eat me. So he like gives her like fruit from him and she eats it. And they go into this psychedelic realm and, she, and they're like, it's like, Is it's that around like, the same time that he allowed Constantine to fuck his wife so they could have a kid somewhere around there. It's before that. But yeah. Same, same thread. So yeah, that's what happens there. And weird stuff like that is going to happen only with rogue in the series. Uh, moving on. Fantastic Four, written by Jeff Johns, art by Gary Frank. This is a a combination that I'm a big fan of, so I stuck them together on one of my all-time favorite books. I don't think, maybe Jeff Johns did, I think he like has an issue or two of a credit in Marvel, but he's really been primarily a DC guy. So one of the things I wanted to do was get him on a traditionally Marvel book. What better than uh, some of my favorite characters? And I drafted them all. I drafted Reed, Sue, Johnny Storm, Ben, I didn't draft the little fucking robot. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll have a different robot. There will be robots involved in this. Um, 
And yeah, Jeff Johns, he writes the second flagship title of this universe, the Fantastic Four. Uh, they cover more of the uh, the cosmic multiversal threats that arise with their primary antagonist being Darkseid. Since I don't have Galactus, uh, Darkseid is really the cosmic threat in this universe. And uh, so they're always trying to ward off the threat of Darkseid who wants to come, you know, take over Earth, take over the universe, turn everything into a hellscape and, and whatnot, which will tie into my big event and my crossover later. Um, part of this, now this is a, a contained universe, but there is the existence of the multiverse as we will learn through Reed Richards. Uh, Reed Richards has access to the multiverse because he is uh, a member of the Council of Reeds. So there will be a storyline that I'll talk about a little later on that does involve a little bit of multiversal action via Reed Richards, but we'll get there. Uh, title number question, four. Question. Yes. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four. Will it be Sue Storm focused? It, what do you mean by focused? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I, I was talking. Remember the earlier rumors about the MCU uh, Fantastic Four movie that it was going to oh, be right. Sue Storm yeah, no, that, focused? Okay. 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 <laughs> That felt Sorry. because I, I didn't make the connection, but that is a good point. It, it, well, while it will not necessarily be Stu, Sue Storm focused, uh, there will be times when the reader is focused on Sue Storm because she will be wearing her nineties, uh, her nineties cleavage <laughs> garb the entire time, and there will be no question about that. I will, I will not, I will not have Approved. it any other way. That is the outfit that I drafted uh, for this. So that is my third book. Uh, moving on to another one. This is not just Hellboy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna market this properly. This is. Frank Miller's Hellboy. I'm bringing in Frank Miller to write a Hellboy book with art by someone who I he's written, he's drawn Hellboy on a number of occasions in his own book. I've always enjoyed his Hellboy art and I've always wanted to see him on a Hellboy book. So art by my boy, Eric Larson, written by Frank Miller, art by Eric Larson. Again, I'm not reinventing the wheel too terribly much yet. We'll be a little reinvention later, but this is basically uh, the Hellboy we know and love. Little twist here. There's a supporting character. Well, of course, Abe Sapien is a supporting character. I've drafted him as well. Uh, a supporting character, Nick Fury, because in my universe, uh, Hellboy and Nick Fury, as you'll find out in a miniseries later, they go way back. And now Nick Fury is basically like Hellboy's handler in this universe. Uh, is he, he Hasselhoff the, Nick Fury or Chocolate Nick Fury? He is the Hasselhoff Fury. That is the one I specifically. Nice. He's literally, I drafted David Hasselhoff himself to be this Nick Fury. So nice. it's Hasselhoff Fury uh, as the handler for Hellboy, who will go on all sorts of uh, adventures and misadventures. Uh, I imagine him, he's not an official supporting character, but he will be interacting with, you know, Swamp Thing, entering the green and things like this, weird things. Like I have that. to specify before I get canceled. I'm only, I only called Samuel Jackson Chocolate Nick Fury because I saw somebody on Twitter refer to Hasselhoff or White Nick Fury's Vanilla Fury and chocolate fury and it wasn't like anything else you just want to specify where we to get canceled we would have to have something to be canceled from and, and getting canceled would actually prove that we were cancelable which would actually prove that we had made Relevant, it. So i'm fine yeah. so i'm fine i'm fine with it okay next book you sure you don't want to switch the artist and writer on that book <laughs> i'm 100 percent positive actually okay i just want to make sure you know before we moved any further you really want me? No, I, I no. This that is the Eric. No, Eric Larson. Oh. Eric Larson for Sense Hellboy. No. Yeah. No. No. That doesn't sound as good. That doesn't sound as okay. Good. It's not. Right. It's Frank Miller presents Hellboy. All right. Moving on. And you're when you buy the rights for me, you can switch all this stuff up. By Eric Larson. Uh, my next book. It's not just Invincible. It's motherfucking King Invincible because this Invincible in this reality has pretty much experienced the for more or less the timeline of invincible that we saw in the invincible book at the end of that, he was basically the King of the Viltrumites living off in space doing uh, King Mark Grayson like type things. Uh, this book 
will be, uh, but featured in this book will be old, uh, old invincible rival robot. Uh, this book is going to be written by Eric Larson. So Eric will get his wish and he will get to see Eric Larson as a writer as well. He's going to be serving a few roles in my company here. Uh, and, uh, our artist Harmonico, someone whose art I have really, really enjoyed on the new green lantern book. I'm sticking him right here on this invincible title, doing other space type shit, uh, type stuff. So in this book, Eric Larson takes the reins of invincible as the grown up Mark Grayson, the King of the Viltrumites remains as earth's cosmic liaison. And he sort of helps with threats that arise from the cosmos. Uh, he also makes occasional returns to earth. However, as he still likes to grab a burger and a shake now and then. So he also does mix it up with the normal cast of heroes. And, uh, he does have a, a, a past in this, in this uh, earth as well that I'll get into in a little bit. Uh, number six, again, a lot of my, a lot of my stuff here early on, not reinventing things necessarily. Um, there's a little bit of a twist on this though, I guess not on the story, but on the writer, uh, a writer who I've never really seen on other characters outside of Marvel. I don't think I've seen, but I, on writing my flash, the fastest man alive book uh, starring Barry Allen flash. This will be written by Peter David artist, Humberto Ramos, someone who I've loved ever since the days of, uh, I think he drew impact in the nineties and he's still, he's still kicking around. And so I, I have him on another speedster book here and it's pretty simple stuff. Peter David comes to the flash where Barry, Barry Allen tries to settle down into a normal life in Keystone city. But as you can imagine, it doesn't really go that well. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I don't have specific villains and stuff that I, that I have left over to draft for this stuff, but just, just imagine he's got a lot of villains to deal with because they don't, they don't let him live a nice, simple, retired life. Uh, that's my halfway point. Any comments, any thoughts? What do you like? What do you not like? You know, I'm, I'm definitely picking up uh, saga of the swamp thing. I think that sounds like a, a pretty good reboot. I, I am I'm surprised how much you like uh, whatever that guy's name is. Hermonico's. Sir Monaco's art just happens to be on my, it's the only two books he's on. Like just. I, he's, he's terrible. I hate his group. Oh, you don't like him at all? I hate him. I hate him. It's right, awful. Well, yeah. it's, he can't draw faces for every friend for anything. Different strokes for different folks. I see faces. Yeah, I, I'm aware of their faces. I don't know. I, I, I see it differently, but okay. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> I think you've been a little loose with the copy and paste button Mark, but you know, Frank so, Miller's Hellboy. That for me is a selling point alone. Why was I lucidly? Why was I in a wrong document or something? No, because I mean, a lot of your stuff is still sticking with the same premise. Oh, that copy and paste button. Yeah. You're taking, you're taking a shot, Mark. Well, yeah, I'm trying to make money. Uh, that, that was the premise of this project is that we're trying to make money and sell comic books. So that's a lot of what I'm going with early on. Correct. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I think Batman is going to sell better. I think Batman by Jeff Johns will objectively sell better than, you know, Victor Von Doom, Sorcerer Supreme. Can anyone okay. argue that? Can anyone argue this? Okay, that's what I thought. Moving along. I, I liked the uh, Fantastic Four. I'm always up for Fantastic Four. No, I'll be honest. My, my own same criticism so far going through my own own list after going through yours that there's not – you guys did a lot more reinvention, and I don't have as much reinvention of the wheel. So, You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Fair enough, but I think. I'm well, you did seal it together with with Sue's '90 costume, '90s costume. So yeah, see, that's I'm, a pretty I big am, selling point. I am thinking business here. All right, business, all business. I dig it all the time. Are there any uh, all new, all different characters you're going to be introducing in any of these books? Um. Well, maybe in one of my next books. So next up, we have another character. This is the dastardly. I see what you're trying to do, Eric. The dastardly Deadpool. I see it. I see it. Sorry, Mark. I like how that sounds. It's the dastardly Deadpool. And in this, in this book, well, I should say first, this book is written by Garth Ennis with art by Jason Fabok, the dastardly Deadpool. And in this book, Deadpool is actually trying to turn over a new leaf. He's actually trying to start a new life. Well, not necessarily a new leaf. He's still going to be a killer and a mercenary, but yeah, he's trying to get a new start. So he decides to move to Gotham city where a grittier, maybe angrier, and maybe even funnier Deadpool takes to the streets of Gotham where, cause that's where the big jobs are. You know, that's where all the big jobs are, are, are coming. So he heads over to Gotham city where he runs into, of course, characters like Jason Todd, the red hood. Uh, so he kind of, you know, becomes a sort of a friendly rival with, I, I guess you might say Catwoman, who he hits on incessantly, uh, as well as running afoul of Gotham's own villains like Bane and the Riddler. And of course, at some point, you know, he's going to run into our man, Batman. So, uh, that is my, my premise for Deadpool. Moving on to the next book. This is world's finest. This stars. This is actually a period piece here. This is starring Batman and invincible of this universe, but it's, it is tales from their early history. So in, in my version of, of these events, uh, invincible was kind of like the Superman of his universe in his early years before he took off to space and Batman was Batman. So he, so, uh, this is sort of tales of their early days, their early teen team ups. They might even fight some drug dealers, some street crime type stuff. Uh, there may be robots that they're battling. There may be dinosaurs. There may be all sorts of creatures that these two are teaming up to battle. I gave a synopsis before I even uh, brought in the, the team. So this, one's going to be written by Mark Wade. Uh, I think Mark Wade is one of the best straight up superhero writers, especially when we're looking back into the silver age, Superman, Batman team up type stuff. I don't think you can go wrong with Mark Wade. So I'm sticking him uh, on this book. And uh, yeah, like I said, it is a look back at some of the early adventures of this universe's version of the world's finest Batman and invincible. Uh, man, <laughs> Remzo's really going to hate my copy and paste button here. I, I toyed with so many names for the superhero team, but Honestly, Justice League of America just sounds the best. So the next book is the Justice League of America. And again, this is the superhero team of this universe. This version of the Justice League of America is, uh, has Batman, Iron Man, the Flash, Barry Allen, uh, the Hulk, Bruce Banner, 
Shazam, Billy Batson, and Stargirl, Courtney Whitmore. Supporting cast, Alfred Pennyworth. And uh, of course, there's a little bit of Nick Fury in there because they have to have a, a government liaison as well. And Nick Fury is the government liaison for everything in my universe. Uh, this one is written by Warren Ellis. I really wanted to have Warren Ellis in a, a little more of a political book. And this will be a little more of a political book. This, this wallet, it is on the surface, the justice league uh, behind the scenes, by the way, art by rags Morales. I absolutely loved his work, his run on justice society of America in the nineties. I think he's great on a team book. So I wanted to put him uh, on my team book. So in this, the flagship team book uh, is the justice league. They take on all of the sort of the earthly level threat threats, where as the fantastic four take out more of the, the cosmic type multiverse, what have you issues. And, uh, but the drama in this one really picks up and this is why I wanted to have Warren Ellis on this. Cause there's a little bit of a, a dark sinister sort of side to this. And my only regret is I didn't draft the weatherman, Henry Bendis, because he's actually who I would love to have sort of in this role. But um, this is funded by Batman and Tony Stark, essentially, the Iron Man and and, and Bruce Wayne. Uh, but somewhere along the way here, the drama really picks up when Batman finds out that Tony Stark has been exchange, exchanging technology with LexCorp, with Lex Luthor. And that due to some behind the scenes shenanigans, LexCorp actually has access to the Justice League's activities. And that starts a a sort of a chain of events that leads to some drama that I will cover later in some of my other series and crossovers. So uh, there's a lot of Batman Lex Luthor stuff in this. They are rivals, but there's also, uh, you know, there's also Luthor's involvement with the Justice League. Tony Stark is not quite necessarily on the level. He's sort of maybe a darker, I wouldn't say sinister Tony Stark necessarily, but he's, uh, you know, he has have his own flagship title because he's he's a little more of um, a side sort of semi-villainous character, I would even say in this book, or at least at least shades of gray in my universe. Um, he's more about like making money and, and Iron Man is kind of uh, his sort of, you know, public persona for for PR reasons, that kind of thing as is his creation of the justice league and, and his relationship with Luther Luther. So that's where the, that's where I bring in Warren Ellis to sort of uh, handle that political end of things. Um, moving on. The next book is The Legend of Shazam. The Legend of Shazam, not the wizard Shazam, but Shazam, Billy Batson, Captain Marvel, whatever you want to call him, he's Shazam. Uh, Supporting cast, Courtney Widmore, Stargirl, because one thing I really loved about Jeff John's run on the JSA, there was a budding relationship between uh, Billy Batson and Stargirl. Now, in the reality of of the thing, uh, he's a teenager, she's a teenager, all good, no problem, but they didn't really explore this too much because Jeff Johns ended up leaving the book, but there was like sometimes a scene where a character would see Billy, but in in the Shazam form, like kind of talking to Courtney and kind of giving him a side eye. So I wanted to explore that idea more, the idea that this teenager in an adult body as a superhero is actually in a relationship with another teenager appropriately, but because his public persona is this adult superhero, it's kind of a tricky situation. And the antagonist is chris hansen <laughs> supporting Captain cast marvel Sit chris down. hansen supporting cast chris hansen with star girl to weave this tale to weave this tale for me yeah why are you meeting star girl here in this cave in this wizard's cave uh well, the so writer of this DMs. book harkening back plants emoji billy harkening it back to his work on supreme i've brought in alan moore to write this book uh and artist gary frank whose work i enjoy enjoy greatly uh Synopsis, Alan Moore remakes the magic he had with Supreme, only now with Shazam, Billy Batson, as he has to weigh the challenges, the challenges of being an adult in an adult superhero body while also being in a relationship with teenager in a teenager body, Courtney Whitmore. This book is going to tread some lines that might get uncomfortable for certain readers, but we're going to we're going to ride it 
we're going to be on the right side. The corporation will be okay with the way we handle it. You know, I think Disney I think we just Wonder get canceled with this book. Innocent man who is under mind control in Wonder Woman eighty four. I, I would like to say, yeah, that's way worse than this. Yeah, I guess way the gay guy. Like, come on. Um, no, and that they will never have uh, sexual intercourse when he is in the the Shazam body. I'm going to say that right now for the record. So Thank you. None of that stuff is happening, nor will it even be implied. All right, we're not going there. Uh, I'm- I'm starting to think that you called yourself first print comics because you're not going to be around for a second print. <laughs> Shazam! <laughs> you know, you guys are going to do all this fan fiction and come up with your fun little feek and draw shit stories, and you're going to be out of business in two weeks because no one's going to buy that stuff. And Mark is going to get a visit from the FBI. <laughs> and, we, 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 and, Chris, and Chris Hansen's going to be at my house. Uh, I believe, I be- What's this I believe- podcast you're talking about? Yeah. Sit down. I, be- I believe that slash fic is a form of fanfic. So <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> All right. Two more main books. We found some boundaries on this show. Finally, two more main books. Then we'll get into the fun stuff. <laughs> I'm saving the best for last. <laughs> Next up, Deathstroke, the assassin. This is Deathstroke being an assassin. It's fairly straightforward. Uh, he runs into some people that you might imagine he might run into people like fellow assassins and, and mercenaries like Deadpool, like Red Hood, Jason Todd. Uh, but this Didn't one is... call it Wade and Slade? Fuck. Buddy cop? I wish I thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dead, that one. I, I'm not going to call it that, but a uh, good idea. That was nice. And, that was and, nice. and they're going to call and yeah, because one's the mimic of the other anyway. I forget which is... Deadpool is the one that's the take on... on Deadpool is the knockoff of Deathstroke. Anyway, they're going to... See, Deadpool already has his own book, so I didn't, you know, but he's going to be a... Damn, that's so good. Fuck, you should have been my should have been my PR guy. Anyway, Garth Ennis, written by Garth Ennis, artist by Frank Miller. So don't worry, Frank Miller's going to be drawing. I just know his limits. I can't put him on more than one book. My synopsis is Garth Ennis and Miller and and uh, and Frank Miller on Deathstroke. Need I say more? I don't think I should need to say more. Jeffrey pro- seems to think I should say more, but I'm not going to. Last book. You want a different? I'm going to give you fucking different. All right. I'm bringing it back. With different characters. You don't even know it probably ever existed. I'm bringing back Freak Force. This is a book that was by Eric Larson about a, a bunch of freaks that formerly were on the police force, then formed their own sort of mercenary unit. Now, in this universe, there's a sort of a twist. This is more like this universe's version of the Suicide Squad. Uh, it features a lot of characters that have yeah, done a, run afoul of the law, uh, done some shady things and whatnot, and they're sort of sent on some of the more dangerous missions that they don't wouldn't necessarily want to go on, even for money on their own. Uh, so there's a little bit of element of coercion here. Um, and the characters in this book, well, first of all, it's written by, this is my favorite part, this is the combination that you never thought you'd see. You never thought you'd see these two work together. But money talks and money is going to bring these two once rivals together on this book. This book is going to be drawn by Eric Larson, the creator of the original Freak Force. And it's going to be written by Peter David. They're going to be together at last in harmony. They're never going to step in a room with each other. They don't need to step in a room to be with each other because we have the Internet. And he just needs to send scripts over. And it's going to, again, we're going to make headlines. All right. All right. You guys. Enjoy your little feek and drosts and your, your little fan, you know, your multi, multi multiple universes and your different timelines. You enjoy all that while I'm swimming in the boat. Yeah, guys, suck it with your originality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Freak Force. Here's the team of Freak Force. Uh, it's going to feature Deadpool, Red Hood, Catwoman, Casey Jones, Abe Sapien, who is not really the mercenary one. He's more of like the government sends him along and he works with the government kind of thing. Uh, in the background, this team is actually uh, secretly run by robot, which none of them actually really know. 
Um, they don't even know that robot's alive. Oh, that's a spin. There's a spin there, yes. Because uh, re- nobody really, like, a robot is defeated and gone, but robot's brain survived, and he's he's sort of a, a, an, an, a looming villain and looming aspect behind a lot of the, the machinations go, that go on in this universe, including the fact that he secretly runs Freak Force for his own needs. They kind of think they're just working for straight for the government for whatever thing, but they're actually really working for robot and uh, sort of his plan to sort of overtake things and what. Do you want to uh, you want to take this opportunity to throw Shazam in there while we're talking about a team that does questionable things? I don't get the joke. <laughs> oh, I do get the joke. Yeah. I do get the joke. Maybe I'll think about it. If he gets arrested, that would be a funny storyline. That's what he gets arrested for. And then they, they're like, "Look, unless there you go. unless you do this, we're gonna release the tape of you and and Star Girl." So Chris right. Hansen's drafted to the team too. Chris Thank Hansen you, is actually the government liaison really? that, that runs Sit Freak Down. Freak Force is just all the ones they have. Instead of like a, a bomb in their head, it's just um, it's all the freaky things they've done caught on tape, and it's just all blackmail based. I, I'm altering the plot right now as we speak. Ape I love Sabian, that. That is good. They that found Ape, Ape Sapiens, uh, you know, dirty photos. And he fucked a fish. All right. Well, I was saving my good stuff for last here. Is this so. Aquaman comics? <laughs> and we're not, we're not done with the, with the underage <laughs> situation with Courtney either. She's coming back. All right. I got four miniseries for you. But by the way, are you buying any of these? I know Jeffrey's totally out in this company, so I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to ask him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'll, I'll buy something. I'll, I'll, All right. I'll. I kind of want to see where this Shazam Stargirl thing goes, just out of morbid curiosity. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up a couple of things off the cheap at the FBI auction. So yeah, if I pick up a couple of runs, <laughs> definitely, definitely swamp Saga the Swamp thing, Frank Miller's Hellboy. Those are those are two things that I'm I'm picking up. It even got though a little, it's not Eric Larson's Hellboy, that even yeah, no, it, it you know it sounds it sounds pretty good. It sounds right, pretty right. good. Fair enough. I, I like it. I'd pick up, I'd pick up Wade and Slade if you'd made that series, but <laughs> yeah. oh well. But uh, yeah, I'll do the Suicide Squad. It's called Freak Force. Freak Force. But, but, but fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Remzo, come on. What what am I going to get out of here? What do you what when, when you, you, when you mentioned that robot was going to be in charge of the Suicide Squad esque version of Freak Force, and then you kind of changed up the roster. Uh, you, you had me sold when you went ahead and talked about what is keeping them together, which is blackmail. I think that would be hilarious right. because instead of blowing their heads up, well, it's like it they're in now. the middle of like New York City, and like you know on the jumbotron, you just see like Abe Sapi and going at it with Flounder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they got video of Abe Sap- Sapien like fucking a giant fish. <laughs> What's he doing to the octopus, mom? <laughs> it's it's all them doing weird sexual acts. It's like Casey Jones then, with the hockey and then, stick, and then, like, then Abe shoots himself. He's just like, oh well. All right, that's the new plot, yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's called Freak Force because it's all their freaky acts caught on tape and <laughs> blackmailed by <a> robot. <laughs> Who's also done some freaky stuff in his robot body. We're not even going to get But all of these coming in black poly See, bags. You are- thought I was unoriginal until everything became about, about weird sex acts. In they're, the like, they're like the smut magazines that are in the plastic at gas stations. The key to my universe is that it's everything is ultimately based on a very smutty, smutty activities going on in the background. Are you an imprint of Pornhub? Perhaps. <laughs> all right. You ready for my mini series? All right. I don't yeah. know at this point. <laughs> I hate Let's go. Guys. All right. Let's go. Mini We're going to go what learn a little bit. Is the first one going to be Nightfall? We're going to learn a little bit of the history of this universe. The avenging Chris Hansen. <laughs> it's Nick Fury and the Creature Commandos. Nick, this is a, uh, this is a period piece set in, well, 
I, I would have said the fifties, but you know, in our, in our, in our modern age, a period piece is now in Afghanistan. So this is during the Afghanistan war where uh, Nick Fury forms the creature commandos along with a young Hellboy. This features Nick Fury, Hellboy, Abe Sapien. And essentially they go through Afghanistan, uh, essentially under the cover of the Afghanistan war, but really they're there uh, working to take down all sorts of uh, combinations of various terrorist threats, as well as unearth ancient ancient uh, cryptid type threats that have been an, an unearthed through the actual war that's going on and through the destruction of monuments and temples, all sorts of spirits, all sorts of weird monsters are coming out of the woodwork. The government can't have that. So they send in Nick Fury and his creature commandos to deal with all this wild stuff. And uh, I, I have you until I tell you who's writing it. This is where I'm sicking my man, Tom King. <laughs> Cause if yeah, you're going to, if you're going to go get weird, if you're going to go get weird, go get weird with Tom King. Tom King, and and he has the you know he has the background for military type yeah weird stabilizing stuff. countries yeah and he's going to have the the influence and the art of my man Eric Larson is going to be doing art on this book uh, again I love him writing I love him drawing Hellboy and I love Eric, Eric Larson drawing weird looking creatures so I really thought of him for this right away uh, all of my favorite Eric Larson stuff is when he goes into weird universes draws like all these sorts of creatures and gods and whatnot and that's like <laughs> that's the kind of um, that's the kind of um, What's the word I'm looking for? That's what I'm looking for, for this book. There you go. All right, moving on. You haven't even heard one of my biggest names yet. You've probably been wondering, where the hell is Jonathan Hick? When, when are we going to bring in Jonathan Hickman? Well, the answer is right now. I don't now. know. You kind of had us at Tom King. One of my favorite runs that Jonathan Hickman did was when he did this, I forget if it was the New Avengers or the Irregular. He was doing both at the same time, but it was the whole run with the Illuminati. So this, my second New series. New Avengers had the, had the Illuminati cast, and then Avengers had the rest of, like, Captain America, Iron Man, uh, the others. Well, my second book is the Illuminati. This version of the Illuminati is Batman, Bruce Wayne, Tony Stark, Iron Man, Lex Luthor, Robot, and Reed Richards. And they, again, they are on this world all doing their own stuff. Batman and Lex Luthor are rivals. There's this weird relationship with Tony Stark and Lex Luthor that Batman is uncovering. So there's all this internal drama amongst them. Of course, Reed Richards is always off doing cosmic things and whatnot. And uh, Robot is uh, doing his own sort of machinations in the background as well. None of them really have shared interests, but all of them do want the universe to exist. So that is what they end up coming together uh, to face. Now, this particular miniseries is going to lead into, into the main crossover that I will unveil at the end. But but essentially, this is the story of them coming together, uh, which actually ends up happening through the Justice League series. When Batman finds out that Tony Stark is working with Lex Luthor, uh, you know, Tony tries to kind of be like, look, Lex Luthor's not all that bad. There's some stuff brewing in the background that we got to prepare for, because even though Lex Luthor is bad, his quest for power has led him to learn about Something I'll tell you about later. I'm going I'm to wait for that because it's, it's a big reveal coming. But something that we'll learn about later is the reason that they come together and form the Illuminati. Because despite the fact they all have their personal interests, some are heroes, some are villains, none of them want the universe to not exist or to be to be a hellscape and whatnot. So that's what they're going to come together to prevent in the Illuminati book written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Jason Fabok. Big fan of Jason Fabok's work uh, with Jeff Johns on um, Justice League and uh, would love to see him drawing all of these characters. Uh, and, question. Yes. Uh, in keeping with the overarching theme of your, of your, uh, comic business is naughty spelled N A U G H T Y. Yes, it absolutely is now. And yes, absolutely. And there will be many. <laughs> I'm rebranding this whole company around this idea now. So I will be adjusting as I go. Illuminati. That's beautiful. Jeffrey, you, you win. I think you win the draft just for you win my draft for that. That's good stuff. 
as the Illuminati. The Illuminati comes together as they, disco- they discover Darkseid's discovery of, I'll tell you later. Next book is called Bat Family Values. We're doing more Batman stuff. Why? Because Batman fucking sells. This features the entire Bat family. Batman, Red Hood, Nightwing, Damian Wade, Alfred, Catwoman, the whole crew. And it also is written Did by- Did you draft Mark. all those characters? I drafted all those characters. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's written by Mark Wade, artist Rags Morales. Again, I like Rags Morales. I'm going to give him some more work. Uh, and in this storyline, this, these are all leading to the, the final event, but in this storyline, the Bat family begins to suspect that Bruce is involved in something else as they begin to sort of pull on the string and they uncover the fact that he is work, working with Lex Luthor. So that's, that's kind of the first stage of it. They figure out he's working with Lex Luthor and they don't know what's going on. So they think, is Batman corrupt? Is, the, you know, is, is he really a villain? Has he been what we thought the whole time? And as they continue to pull the string, they eventually uncover not just the fact that Batman is hiding this thing from him, the relationship with Lex, with Lex Luthor, they actually uncover the entire existence of the Illuminati, which ends up being sort of a cliffhanger that goes into the final event that I'll discuss in a minute. Uh, we then go into my last mini series, which you guys are just going to love. It's called stars and smash. And it's so much better. No! Now it's, it's, it's called, it's so much better now that my Why not theme, smash and stars. It could be, but I just thought stars and smash sounded better. Oh this God. is a team up book with the incredible Hulk and, and, um, star girl. Oh, okay. Hence the smash. He is the smash. She is he is not though she is not being smashed by him in this sense, but there's a uh, corner no, of the internet for that. This book is written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. I think he does great with characters and especially with sort of fam familiar relationships, father daughter type stuff, and and all that stuff. And is a great. I'm artist glad well. we can explore a relationship between a father and a daughter. <laughs> we well we can't because that's not what either of them are in this book, <laughs> but but they do take on a sort of surrogate relationship. So through their association in the justice league, uh, <laughs> Bruce Wayne is sort of becomes a mentor. That's all just a mentor to star girl and a father she, figure, a father figure, right? a stepfather she, figure, a s- sort of like a stepfather figure, but there's no Bruce, marriage to a, to anybody. Bruce, Bruce, Wayne, Bruce Wayne or Bruce Banner. It's a Bruce. Did I say Wayne? You no, did. Bruce Banner. I meant, I meant, sorry. I meant Bruce Banner. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Bruce Wayne taking on a, a girl Robin. Damn it, that would have been a good one too. Actually, shit, I gotta read. I gotta be. I'll be back in an hour. I gotta rework some things. No, Bruce Banner takes a young star girl under his wing and develops a surrogate father daughter relationship with her. Due to this surrogate daughter father daughter relationship, he begins to suspect that adult Shazam has an inappropriate relationship with, with Courtney Whitmore, which of course will lead to some fight scenes with Shazam and, uh, and the incredible Hulk as well. You see, I had to build up to all this, everybody. I had to, I had to bore you for 30 no, you minutes. You should have had Chris Hansen be the Hulk. Get in here. I forgot Get to draft Chris here. Hansen was my, was the Sit big down. <laughs> All right, I know you guys are buying this. You can't resist. <laughs> you can't resist a little potential pedophilic drama, right? <laughs> It's a mixture of shock Whoever's and awe. Whoever's selling these books is a total narc. So it's, it's a mixture of shock and awe. Any, avoiding any shop that is selling these books. All right. Are you ready for my big crossover? This episode is brought to you by Sound of Freedom, now available for digital download. <laughs> <laughs> Please donate today. All right. The crossover event is the Omega Infinity War, starring Darkseid, Thanos, and fucking everybody. Everybody involved in this whole thing. A supporting cast, everyone. Writer, Jeff Johns. Artist, Jason Fabok. Blueprints and Timelines by Jonathan Hickman. Thank you very much. He's here for a reason. There's going to be a lot of blueprints, a lot of timelines, a lot of things going on. Synopsis of this event. 
Darkseid, who wants to rule the universe and whatnot, of course, he discovers through the scanning the mind of Reed Richards, he scans the mind after an encounter with Reed Richards of Reed Richards. Uh, he scans the mind of Reed Richards and then acquires knowledge of the multiverse, which in this universe, only Reed Richards really knows about the multiverse at this point, prior to Darkseid getting the knowledge from him through the Council of Reeds. Through the Council of Reeds, and through the knowledge of those other universes, he learns about this guy called Thanos, and he learns about these Infinity Gems, and I know what you're thinking. I'm going to address it. So he says, hey, and he figures out, hey, if I could just combine these Infinity Gems with my Omega shit, my Omega beams or whatever, my Omega, what's it called? The, what's the, my anti-life equation. That's what I was trying to say. It all fucking works. So he's, he, that, that's his plan, is to go into this multiverse, is to go into this other reality, and... Um, and acquire the infinity gems. So, but instead of trying to get all the gems, he figures, wait a minute. Instead, I'm just going to send my goons to this other universe to help Thanos create the infinity gauntlet and get all the gems. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to show up. And, and so he partners with Thanos. He, th- he sends his goons over. He's like, yo, Thanos, I heard you want these infinity gems. I'm going to hook you up. I got some goons here. They're going to help you. So that's one whole storyline of Thanos and dark side goons teaming up to gain these infinity gems. Um, but first, yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. so he, basically his plan is to have Thanos create the Infinity Gauntlet and then just get the Infinity Gauntlet from him instead of like having to go through finding all the gems himself, essentially. He's just kind of using Thanos as his bitch here. Um, and he plans to use the Omega Beams and the Anti-Life Equation to reshape all of reality, including the fact, the key thing that he learns... And this is a part of what Robot has been secretly working on. All his little missions that he's been working on here have been over to figure out this big problem. The big problem is that the Infinity Gems don't work in an alternate reality. They only work in their original universe, as you all know. So that's the problem that Darkseid has been trying to figure out in the background this whole time. And the brightest mind that he has had. So there's a double agent in the, the Illuminati. Uh, Robot is like a triple agent. You know, he has like his, he's like a regular villain sort of in the background. He's also running Freak Force for his own missions. But we do find out those missions are actually tied in to him actually working with Dark side. So he's he's ostensibly on the Illuminati, but he is actually a double agent within the Illuminati working for Dark Side. So eventually, of course, the Justice League, the Illuminati, all the drama with the Illuminati and Batman's involvement, uh, all this stuff comes to the surface, you know, with it within the, the drama. So it's half like cosmic battle, but half sort of like political type type drama as well. That the kind of you might see in Stormwatch and, and that sort of thing. That stuff. A lot of charts, a lot of graphs, a lot of multiversalness. Ultimately, I am gonna spoil the ending. Ultimately. It is Thanos himself, along with the Illuminati, who are able to stop Darkseid, finally. But in doing so, they have to make a difficult decision. They have to empower Thanos. They have to empower him to... They have to basically harness the anti-life equation to empower Thanos to actually be able to use the Infinity Gauntlet against Darkseid with the promise that Thanos will go use it in the only place it will now work, which is the other universe. So they ha- they essentially have to empower Thanos to, to destroy another universe and, and rule another universe to save their own. So that's spoiler alert. Since I know you got not going to buy the fucking book, I spoiled the ending for you. So that's, that's how that goes down. So I hope, uh, even though, you know, maybe I was fairly standard for a while. I hope I at least garnered some interest towards the end. You picked it up in the mini series for sure. Yeah, that was my whole plan. <laughs> even though you missed Slade and Wade at a perfect opportunity. I, that's my biggest miss for sure. All right. What, 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 uh, am I interesting in you in any of these things here? And then we'll kind of talk about the draft overall. Nick Fury and the, and the creature commandos. That one sounds fun. I mean, Nick Fury and young Hellboy. I just finished, um, you know, the young Hellboy limited series. I mean, I think you want him to be more than a kid, maybe like a teenager, young yeah, adult, more like but teenage Hellboy. Maybe. Yeah. Like that, that would be funny. I'm down with that. And yeah, freak force, same. obviously like that is probably my favorite of the ones that you put together. 
The only book that I can publicly support of yours, Mark, is, <laughs> two, two uh, reasons. is Nick Fury and the Creature Commandos. But uh, privately, fan- there might be a few more you want to check out. <laughs> fant- fantastic choice of writer on there, Tom King and Eric Larson. Probably, um, you know, as you mentioned, he draws great, fantastical creatures. So um, I think that will be that would, that would be a wonderful book. You guys were going to tell premise. me if, if in real life, I understand it's more, but in real life, holy shit, they're relaunching Fantastic Four with Jeff Johns. Uh, maybe it's maybe I'm biased because he's one of my favorite writers and they're my favorite. And that's like my original book. You're telling me you're not checking that book out. You're checking that book out. You're checking that's, that I, I said I would get Fantastic Four. Okay. All right. Fair enough. You sold us on Sue alone. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, all right, how do we wrap this thing up? So eventually I think I will put this to a vote of some kind of our patrons and let them decide they can choose their own criteria. My criteria is the best business, but you know, people can vote however they want. If they just like the books, they like the most, you know, however people vote, they vote. Uh, but I think before we wrap up, maybe we should each go around and all right, let's try to do this. Why don't we each name our favorite company that we would, if we had to invest, if we had to invest money in one of these companies besides our own, you can't choose your own. Okay. Which one would you invest in and why? Do, 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 do. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to think about it for a second. I, I, I'll, I'll go I, first. I, I would All invest right. in Jeffries because the idea of generations of heroes eventually colliding toward, uh, you know, colliding towards the end. I think that that came out with like the best, you know, character dynamics between how he set everything up and the fact that they're going to be kind of separated over time, but the impact is going to be felt. So I think it's cleaner. I think it's pretty linear. If I can't vote for mine, which is I'm biased, I would rather do mine. It's got to be Jeffries. Uh, I think I would go for uh, Eric. Solidly planned out and so on and so forth, you know. All right, Eric, what about you? Um, Tough choice. Think about the money. Think about the marquee characters. But maybe you can't, for legal reasons, support it. (sighs) You know... We're gonna have to write a public you know, letter after I'm, this. You know, I'm I'm I'm, str- I'm struggling. I'm struggling here, Mark. We've been friends for so long. <laughs> Sorry, but if I'm if I, I'm gonna I put if I'm gonna put my money into a company, it's not gonna be one that's gonna get shut down by the FBI. <laughs> FBI? What, what is what is the FBI coming after me? There's no inappropriate act in this in this entire story. Eddie, I, I want to be clear. Leg- Legend of Shazam and his legendary tryst with uh, with Star Girl. I don't know. He's a that fucking sounds- teenager. And she's actually older. She's 17. He's 15. In this, this oh, wrinkle. yeah. That's the problem. Dad a wrinkle. And then Matt Murdock has to defend the case. Oh, I don't have him. Damn. Until he yells Shazam at the wrong time. And then it's a tricky situation. It's like one moment oh it God. was legal. <laughs> now it's like. I'm changing everything. Garth Ennis is writing that book now. And that's a scene that happens. You know, you know what? I you need know to shuffle some things around. No, Hulk. It's not what it looks like. <laughs> Come on, you don't love the idea of the Hulk getting angry because he thinks that Shazam is banging of Courtney Whitmore? That's that's a hilarious it's, premise. That would be fun. And it gets him so angry that he turns into the Hulk and then they have to, and the Shazam. And the freak Shazam force then, is so offended because they're like, we've done some messed up stuff, like, but this dude, man must die. <laughs> like, we have to go on missions for this fucking robot. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to have to go with Remzes. Um, really? All right. I I thought his creativity was was very good. I thought all his stories were well planned out. Um and I, great job on the creativity part. It's fantastic. 
All right. Well, one, one the, point for Deacon Frost. Looking at these teams, I, I mean, I will say if this was a creativity award, I would probably give it to Remzo because he had the least to work with, um, <laughs> and did did the he made the most out of the least. But this is not a you know it's not a participation contest. This is about the entire thing. This is about the draft, and I'm going to judge on the draft and and the final product. No, I thought I thought you did a really good job, Brent. So I thought yeah, I, I would I would legitimately read a, a good number of these books and pay money for them. But I'm not going to invest in your company. I'm going to invest in Eric's company if I have to. A couple reasons. I mean, you got some of the big, again, I'm, I, as I told you, I'm, I'm in this for the business. So you got a couple of the big names. You got my Spider-Man. You got my Weapon X. You got Spawn. Um, and I can't resist. You got Neil Gaiman on, on Preacher with Bill Sankovich. I mean, I got to be involved in that. And you know I need Jim. There's no age where I'm not going to need Jim Lee drawing Psylocke and Jean Grey and, and Wonder Woman. You kidding me? Uh, I'm in and I see I see a lot we can market here. But not not to not to put aside fucking Darth Vader involved in all this shit is just is this huge and that's a that's a visual I haven't been able to get out of my mind Dar- Dar- you know Darth Vader chilling with Galactus I, I love all that shit he's probably got his own fucking thing I, I legitimately want to see some of these books get made I know they legally yeah. can't even happen but um yeah well, fucking Deacon, trademark. Uh, no, Deacon Frost for, for a second I thought Deacon Frost is public domain not yet someday when they stop when they stop publishing no, Fro- Deacon Frost books. is. 50 years after they published the last Deacon Frost book. Who is yeah. Eric's uh, all new, all different uh, freaking DOS is, is uh, Chris Hansen public domain or do I have to draft him? You know, I realize he's actually him. a crucial, the most important yeah, part. He's of having a lot of tax issues right now. So he might be able to just be like, take my likeness for free. That's right. That's right. All right. Just friends, give me some well, royalties. You know what? You know, what is funny though. You know, it is funny. We made a big deal about the public domain rule. During the draft, and no one uses it, and nobody. Oh used no! Any I forgot to mention, uh, uh, Young Frankenstein is on Creature Commandos. There you go. Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> like Mel Gibson's character. Like yeah, Mel yeah, Gibson's like that that one. Not Mel, Mel Gibson. You mean no, Mel, I mean, Mel no. Brooks? Mel Brooks. Yeah, Mel Brooks. <laughs> Not Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson's Young Frankenstein is another book. Is my thirteenth book. <laughs> But I didn't have Mel Gibson on my draft list. So Freedom. <laughs> that'll be next year. Well, when, when, when I'm in the next sound of, when I'm in sound of freedom Two, the rescue of Courtney Woodmore, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, gentlemen, this has been fun. Uh, this is by far, by far the nerdiest amount of time I've spent doing the nerdiest thing I could ever think to do. And thank God, thank God I'm already married. And because this would definitely be the end. Otherwise I'd say of my career with women. So that's all I got to say about that. Uh, the rest of the final thoughts, I think we're going to have to leave to the fans, to the patrons. We're going to put this puppy to a vote. We're going to see what the public thinks. And we're going to see if we can get one of these puppies off the ground. There's going to be some legal issues, some actual copyrights to work our way through, but, and maybe, maybe some Chris Hansen related stuff, but we'll get there until then, my friends, until next time, as always, Remzo, take us home. It's short. It's sweet. You speak it every time you go ahead and listen to the show. It's simple. It's read comics and change the world. Good night, America. Adios. When you visit Arizona, Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.